in the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the world shouldn't be this way. Countless examples. Nobody likes it. But at least we can understand it when we can like point to one kind of sinner and say, you did that thing. Sinners got hurt by their sin. I guess I can understand it. But what about when you just can't for the life of you figure out whose fault it is? When you can't actually understand what went wrong? When a mother buries her child after a freak accident? When a man is born blind? When pandemic strikes the world? The churchy answer is that, well, when we sin, it breaks stuff. And also, all of this stuff is broken because of Adam sinned. So it's his fault. It's true. It just doesn't actually do all that much to address the sense of wrongness, the hollow feeling in your stomach that comes from not being able to do a single thing about it anyway. Or the anger that comes from trying to believe in a God who says he can do something about it, but then doesn't. Because for all we talk about the love of God, the forgiveness of sins, the miracles, things look pretty much the same. It shouldn't look this way. Not with a loving God. And in our search for the God who's actually willing to confront this stuff, do something about this mess, the stuff that we've done, but also the stuff that just went wrong. The Christmas text doesn't really seem all that helpful. But today, we step back in time to look at a Mary who would have gotten pregnant right around the end of March if she was going to deliver at the end of December. And that means that uh, she'd be pregnant and visiting Elizabeth probably, like, I don't know, right at the end of May, beginning of June, right about now. And it still doesn't really seem to fit. Underneath the imagery of the season, this very, very old and very, very pregnant Elizabeth talking to single teenage mom Mary, though, we see God at work. Not just to affirm us as victims who should be allowed something extra by everyone around us to make things at least seem close to fair, or even just to commiserate with us about how awful things have gotten. But the God who would join us to actually make things look like he promises they will be, to fix all of this. The visitation is what we celebrate this night. It is the very same God who shaped creation, still at work inside of it. Now that word that spoke everything into existence has become flesh. The word became a fetus. We named it Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that word is still shaping and reshaping, even now as it is knit together in Mary's womb. Our Lord is on a mission to right what has been wronged, and Mary sings a hymn about it. It's called the Magnificat. And it's not about what's fair. And for the life of us, we lose sight of a God who actually cares about mercy when all we can think about is him righting wrongs and him making things fair again. This is about help. 
for those who have been wronged by a sin that goes so much deeper than the things that I'm embarrassed to say that I have done or thought and ashamed to admit have been done to me. This is even for the sin that goes all the way down to the very core of the earth that has warped and corrupted everything that we see with the destruction that began around the tree of knowledge of good and evil and rippled out like a boulder dropped into a pond that tipped your boat over. Mary sings about that. She sings to me. She sings to you. You, sinner, you, wrecked one, damaged one, hurt one by sin, both yours and your neighbors, and the stuff that is just in the very fabric of creation, in the air we breathe, and the ground upon the earth we stand. Here, you, broken one, wrecked one, you will find a God who has promised to fill the hungry and help his servant Israel. You have a God who speaks to those who are knocked down and scattered. Not about getting their karma, not about economic redistribution. The difference between those brought down and those lifted up is one thing and one thing only. And it's got nothing to do with fair. And it's got everything to do with mercy. She sings, his mercy is on those who fear him. God is merciful to you and to all who believe. Because he sees you in your struggles. He sees you in your pain. He sees you in your humiliation, in this mess. He sees your estate. And now you can actually describe what it really looks like. And he regards you in mercy. And he takes action for you. Our Lord does not stand back as Mary sings this hymn about him. He's entered into creation. God Almighty can not but kick at her stomach. God Almighty, who shaped the heavens and the earth and has promised to redeem him, enters into the lowest of the estates. Here he is nothing but a child who will flee as a refugee to Egypt. But John knows it and can't help but leap in the womb even as he is being formed too. Because the Magnificat is a hymn to the God who created us and promise not to stand back while we descended into destruction. It is sung by two pregnant women who in faith actually see the whole thing happening right now in a fetus. Elizabeth and Mary know what it is to look over the very face of the deep and witness creation. They know what it is to see God making something, bringing life from water. Even as a virgin would grow a clump of cells into Jesus who would walk and talk, eat and laugh, die and live. This same Jesus enters creation for you. The Magnificat is a hymn about Jesus who will come into this world to right what is wrong, not simply by bearing a sword at everybody who has caused harm to another, but by showing the strength of his arm even as it is nailed to a cross for the sinners, for me, for you, for all, for all who have been wronged, for all who have wronged others. Here our Lord comes to those who cannot save themselves, who cannot aright this world simply by setting their minds to it. Jesus shows his mercy that you would sing of joy that you would know of truth, that you would get to sing along with Mary this hymn of hope. Now, creation is shaped through means again. Christ will be born of Mary. God will bind himself to means of this world, to the forms and ways and world that he himself made. Here, he is the shoot of the stump of Jesse. He is not a new tree, but an answer. An answer that would grow from what, we ever, what, what everybody thought was already dead. Our Lord would come into a world that was falling apart from a lineage 
that was all but too humiliating. And he would bear the cross and redeem the entire world. Because our God has never once worked by stepping farther away from you in order to help you. He has never once abandoned you to do something different when this wasn't going according to plan. Your God only steps toward you because he loves you so that what is wrong would be made right again. And he doesn't even have to break everything and start over like we do. He bears the destruction himself. He dies, bringing to nothing all that was broken. And he rises, showing us that we too will rise. We too will transcend the pains and sins and evils of this world because he himself has brought them to nothing for you, that you would be more than the sum of what's right or wrong in this world. Here tonight we celebrate the visitation because our God would dwell with us in creation here and now and for you so that when things seem wrong, we might still find hope in the God who still works through means. He exalts, he feeds, he helps, and he speaks. He resurrects everything that falls apart even as the shoot comes from the stump of Jesse. He joins you in your weakness, in your frailty, in your humility, in your death. And he exalts you, he lifts you up in a flesh that will not ever taste humiliation or death again. He remembers you in mercy that is our everlasting hope that the help of the helpless would be simply Jesus given to you. Jesus is your Jesus. You are his child, baptized. And that means that you have an unchanging identity as somebody that God would help, as somebody that God would love, as somebody that God would adopt into his own family so that your identity would be rooted in something more than a passing situation or circumstance. Your identity would be more than what people could do to you or say about you. You are Israel. You are baptized into God's kingdom. You are made an heir of a promise. This identity goes deeper than anything that anything else wrong could ever say about you. You are someone God remembers in mercy, and he speaks that hope to you over and over again, that in your time of need, you might have hope. You might have hope in the very same God, in the very same salvation, in the very same Jesus who came into this world as a fetus tonight. The world didn't look like it should when Mary visited Elizabeth, but she sang a hymn of hope because she knew that it didn't look like it should. But she was willing to say a very bold word. Yet. It doesn't look like it should yet, but it's coming. And now, things maybe don't look like they should yet. But even now, we can sing Mary's hymn because we know too. She heard the promise of what the Savior would do. And even before he met her eyes, she knew it to be true. She knew what this child would grow up to accomplish. And all of these things, even before we finally see the result of it in the resurrection, we know that they are ours too. That our souls would magnify the Lord also. Because even now while we wait, our Lord still regards us in mercy. And even now he acts. Be at peace. Amen. Amen.